They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. I am very excited to bring you our guest today, Nicole Magic, the Empowerment Alchemist. Hello, Nicole. How are you today? I'm very well, Michael. Thank you. Awesome. Well, yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and and what an empowerment alchemist is. (laughs) Well, women leaders, business owners, and strategists hire me to find their fearlessly authentic self and align with their truth, passion, and purpose because they're sick and tired of spinning their wheels and getting nowhere. So I help them to create a personalized roadmap for successful growth while eliminating forever the sabotaging beliefs that derail them. So the bottom line is I help them manifest the balanced life that they deserve without compromising who they are or what they love. And as far as the empowerment alchemist piece, I used to be a chemist. I was a chemist for over 16 years in a leadership role. And uh, I also have a background in metaphysics. So when people found out that I had all these gifts of intuition and seeing and hearing and feeling energies and stuff, Everybody started calling me, oh, the alchemist over there. So <laughs> that's, that's and everything that I do in my business is all about empowering people to take the next step, to get to the next level and really project themselves forward in that space of fearless authenticity. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. As I was, we were talking before, when you say you're the empowerment alchemist, I was like, I need a cool name like that. Oh, wait, I have a cool name like that. I'm the guy who knows a guy. But you know, I'll sometimes yeah. see those, those that brandy. I'm like, that brandy is so cool. And forget that I have it too. Uh, so <laughs> it's easy to forget those things. You know, you look at what other people are doing well um, and get all get all excited about it. Uh, so how long have you been in, uh, an empowering alchemist? Uh, over 13 years now, officially. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, so what are some of the, the key things that you're able to, to offer people and, and help them to get over those limiting beliefs and, and create that, that alchemy? Right. So it's our beliefs that speak to our thoughts and our feelings and mm-hmm. trigger those, right? So anything that is creating a negative impact on you emotionally and you know mentally really has to do with the beliefs that you've adopted somewhere along the way. Either they've been instilled on you or you've had situations that have cropped up that have created this perception of when this happens, then this happens. Mm-hmm. Or when this happens, I do this. <clears throat> so when we can really hone in on what those pains are, right? Because it creates pains in our lives and then it has a ripple effect. And if we figure out what it is that we want and take that pain and turn it into more of a motivating factor Mm. and overcome the resistance. So here's part of my formula, right? (laughs) Overcome the resistance that you have. Then you invite that transformation to take place. So I help to boost on, 
on that positive side with defining the desire and then creating that roadmap and the goals and the little steps to get to the big steps. And then also doing ramping that up while reducing and eliminating the resistance so that you have profound transformation in a much shorter time. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. And it's funny you're talking about those limiting beliefs that you know, I was joking about, about like, oh, I wish I had a brand like that. But I think that really, you know, kind of gets into one of mine is I kind of see myself as as someone who's, you know, trying to figure things out in business. I, I've had this brand for four years, but, but you know, the, the idea is still there. Um, and so even when you've been doing it for a long time, you still, there's always, there's always more to work on and always uh, more to, more progress to make. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I, I noticed that when you said that and um, inviting us to talk about that with what you just said is, is really important. Number one, you mentioned it's, it's a progress, right? It's a never ending progress because we get into these spaces where we then, no matter how good we are at it, we're always able to get to the next level, get to the next level. So it's Mm -hmm. an awakening. It becomes a lot easier as you go and it becomes fun instead of daunting. Mm-hmm. So it gets exciting. And when you say, oh, comparing yourself to the brand, you, you mentioned two things there. The one, I've been doing this for four years, the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Who am I? I've been doing this for four years. You can look at it as I've been doing this for four years or I've only been doing this for four years. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it because you do it so well. Mm-hmm. That's what matters most. Somebody yeah. else could be doing it for four years and flopping and floundering. <laughs> yeah. But there's a total difference in that. And then the other piece was that comparing, right? Oh, that person has a really cool brand. I wish mm-hmm. I had a cool brand like that. Well, what? how does my brand compare to that? Mm-hmm. But you switched. So I want to honor that too. You switched those gears and said, but I do have a really cool brand. The guy yep. who knows a guy. I mean, come on. That's a great, great, great brand. Yeah. Or gal. <laughs> yep. uh, so I, I specifically say in the foreword of the book or the introduction explaining that uh, the person who knows a person would be a, an awful book title. And so, so we, we have to, to, to accept that guy can be a general neutral term and it has to be for this. Cause otherwise this book would be the person who knows a person and I'd be the person who knows a person. And that would be an awful brand. So that would be an awful brand. I do admit. So yeah. I like the guy who knows a guy. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It works pretty well. Um, and honestly, some, to, to some degree, like the concept of, of this season was, was to accept that you know, without judgment, there are people who know more than me. They're further along the road than me. And analogy I often use is if the road to success is a hundred miles long and you know, I've had some people, you know, people on the show who are at mile 60, 70, 80, 90, I might be at mile eight, but there's other people who are at mile three and they look at me and say, wow, I wish I could be like him. Meanwhile, I'm looking at people ahead of me and be like, wow, I wish I could be like you. So I learned from the ones who are ahead so I can help the ones who are behind. And that's, that's really sort of what's going into going into this whole season. It's been, it's been great, um, you know, connecting with people, learning from them. Cause when you stop judging yourself and stop worrying about, oh, I don't want to talk to that person because that's going to make me feel crappy. Instead say, I want to talk to that person because they're going to make me feel better. Like you're playing as a chess master. You're going to lose, but you're going to get better as you lose. And the more times you play them, the less 
dramatically you'll lose. You'll still lose. But you'll learn as you, you know, become better. Um, even if you'll never be a chess master, you improve through that through that association. Absolutely, because they've been there or they've played that game before. Yep. Right? So they can say, show you, oh, well, if you're playing the game chess and you make a move and they're like, huh, and they show you how easily you can be taken out. Yep. But then you play that game again, you know, don't do that. So when you learn from somebody who's already been there, you learn what worked for them, Mm -hmm. what might work for you. So there's also that piece where this could work for you. It may not. But here are the things that really worked well for me. Mm -hmm. Go try them and see if they work well for you. Yep. And take what you can and leave what what you can't. Yeah, I mean, mistakes are a great teacher, but other people's mistakes are an even better teacher. Yes. Or at least a less expensive teacher. <laughs> yes. Time uh-huh. and energy, right? And money is energy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and so along those lines, um, you know, with all the, the people I have on the show who are successful, I always like to go back to the beginning, to the point in your story where people who are listening, I'd be like, ooh, I'm there now. Um, and so, so how did you get started? How did you... Did, did you did you inherit a bunch of money and and take over a a, a family franchise or, or you started a little bit b- b- below that point? Oh my goodness, no! I did not inherit a bunch of money and take over a family franchise. I uh, I was actually up in the space of that roller coaster ride of I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, so I've mm-hmm. always done things since I was a little kid to you know the side hustle, the make money, the do this, do that, like yep. see, see what happens. Uh, everybody used to call me little miss money bags because <laughs> I was always finding ways to make money and then I'd save it. And I, I had my own little envelope system, let's say. And I had all these little things that I was saving for. <clears throat> Fast forward into my adult years, it was you know, I just knew that there was something more for me. I I was doing the grind. I loved my job, Mm -hmm. but there was just something that was, I wanted to have impact on people's lives in a much more profound and powerful and positive way than just waking up, going to work, come home, do the chores, go to bed, repeat. Mm -hmm. And when I started, it was, well, Let's just try that. I tried a lot of different things as I was growing up and into my adulthood. And then there were things that even though I loved doing those things to create it as a job, Mm -hmm. as a business, I didn't really like it so much. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in my clients, that they they did that or they've gone through that. And they're, they're kind of finding themselves, too. And they're shifting into these bigger spaces for themselves. So I found what I loved, and that was really teaching people uh, how to become more empowered. And I did that. I actually started off through aura photography. I captured people's energy on film because I could see auras since I was a little kid. And I thought everybody could. And when I got up into the space of, wow, I, I could do this and then show people what I see. Because it's such a different perspective of them. Because I see all these great things within them. And I see the obstacles that that they're encountering. And I can show them how to overcome those with techniques and tricks on how to, how to overcome that resistance or overcome the negativity that's impacting them in their minds. Hmm. 
and physical because it becomes it comes through the aura before it becomes physical. So I started showing people that and then it, it turned into teaching workshops and delving deeper into those types of things, whether it was intuition or uh, empowerment, success, positioning yourself, mindset, all these things. And it just evolved. Wow. Okay. And, you know, I, I ended up um, almost dying from mercury poisoning oh. and I had been building up my business and then it was, oh my God, I had to focus on myself because. So how did you almost have, mercury is not something people tend to run across on their, in their day-to-day -day lives. Uh, how did you almost die from mercury poisoning? Well, uh, it was a twofold factor. Uh, number one, I mentioned uh, that I was a chemist. Mm -hmm. And um, I got moved into a building that, uh, so I moved, got moved into a new building with a reorganization and my office was right next to this room that they were working on that I found out years later after I had left chemistry that um, that room was the old thermometer room. Mm. I went through several years of health decline, not knowing what was wrong. Uh, I went through a year and a half. Once it got to a point where it was something serious is happening, I need to figure this out. Went through a year and a half of testing and every test seemed to come back just fine, normal. And I was far from normal because it was affecting my speech. It was affecting my ability to understand what people were saying to me. It mm -hmm. got to the point where somebody would talk to me and all I would hear is like the peanuts teacher, wah, 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 oh, yeah. wah, wah, uh -huh. until it would finally register. And then I had to find the words to speak back. Ooh, and it was I... inhibiting <clears throat> me from doing my job, Yeah, being a leader on a team, be, you know, working across all kinds of projects and countries and things like that. Um, I also found once... I went in and I figured it out myself and asked the doctor, Hey, can you test me for mercury poisoning? I think that's what the problem is. And he laughed at me. He's like, Nicole, come on. Nobody gets mercury poisoning. I'm like, well, I think I, can you just do this? I had walked around with like gear all over me, heart monitors, uh, thyroid things, brain stuff. And this was a simple blood test that ended up coming back so high he was like you need to go see a specialist like now and i did and the specialist said i can't believe you're sitting here having a conversation with me wow and i was stuttering i couldn't i was so slow in my speech that it was like i had a stroke so i know what a stroke victim feels like and i feel for anybody in that position when you mm -hmm. know what you want to say and you can't get it out oh wow and he said um <clears throat> Most people with levels as high as yours are either vegetables or dead. So I said, okay, well, that's not an option. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> and I went through chelation therapy and, and did all this stuff and came out of it. But it was in that dark hour, which lasted a couple of years, that I like everything seemed to fall apart because it got to my brain. I was a completely different person. I did things that I don't remember. I said things that I normally wouldn't say. I was just Mad Hatter syndrome is a real thing. It's not just the Alice in Wonderland like, character piece. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I just, I saw this stuff falling apart. I also had four young children at the time. And I, and I had to figure out how everything was going to come back together. So I sat down and I just started going through the process that I use now in how to define what I want, find where I am, see where I'm going, map everything out in a very strategic way in the timeline that I want that's feasible, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can say, I want a million dollars tomorrow, but you're not going to be able to do all those things to get that million dollars tomorrow right? if you have to do all these steps. Right. So really in, in really breaking everything down and I found this process in just doing it over and over and over again and refining it that you can do massive movements in small increments of time, mm. staying focused and battling through your resistance and eliminating those limiting beliefs. It was I would find one and tackle it. I'd become aware of another one and I would erase that and just keep on going. And then people started going, how do you do what you do? Like, how do you do all this? And how is it that all this stuff can be happening to you? That's bad. I say seemingly negative. Um, mm -hmm. That's bad. And you're still standing here with a smile on your face and you're like the happiest person I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's perspective. Yep. Yeah. Right. My world was falling apart um, in, in a couple instances. And I was able to look at it as it was because the foundations were being tackled, shattered because they weren't supporting me where I'm going next. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and that perspective is huge. Recognizing that, that there's not, yes. What did you say? Seemingly negative. Yes, I always say it, when there's things that are happening to you that are seemingly negative, mm -hmm. it's time to take a look at it a different way. And my clients laugh at me when I say, how about if we look at it a different way? <laughs> because they know <laughs> what's coming next. The eyes are just going to go open and awakened and they're going to be like, okay, I can look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's powerful. And, and of course, a huge example last year, you know, COVID, I know for me, I was a local magazine publisher who operated in a very small pool until COVID hit. And then uh, when COVID hit, uh, my small pool got filled with concrete. So I needed to find, <laughs> I had to swim in the ocean instead. And that's how, you know, that's how we're here. And that's how I'm, I went to SAL, Strategic Alliance Live. Uh, and that's how I, I did all these other things. And actually it's because of you, I went to Strategic Alliance Live. Uh, it's it's why I, you know, I, I, I say someone introduced me. I can't remember who it was. We finally figured out it was you. Nicole who brought me there. It's been incredible, um, you know, the, the connections I made. So thank you. And to my You're listeners, welcome. I'm going to make you go because when we get the dates for that, you'll be, I'll be all over you to make sure you go to that because that event was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> um, I love so, it. So, so, so you talked about kind of identifying your own limiting beliefs, um, which I assume is not something that most people do easily. Uh, you know, even even me, I often use other coaches to find mine. Uh, so how do you identify your own limiting beliefs and, and deal with them? Well, I had a lot of time spent all in my head <laughs> while I was going through all that stuff. And I, I really 
from a young age, I've looked at things from multiple angles mm. because I always tried to, let's face this, I was an analytical chemist, being able okay. to look at things from different angles, um, all about the data processing and, and seeing what is the best route for the process chemist to move forward. You have to be able to look at all the different things. And so I always looked at things with how can this be looked at? How can this be seen? Because people, when I watched people and their energies and the interactions, the energy between their interactions, it was this crazy light show of stuff that was happening. And when people connected, it was awesome. And when people didn't connect, it was like listening to the most horrific music ever and trying to pretend that you liked it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I would watch people and see these different things. And once I started recognizing people's patterns, it was, huh, well, how, are, how is this happening? And um, I became really good at showing people uh, another way to look at something if they didn't understand what somebody was saying. So that's how it really started that I remember is um, some being that liaison between people that somebody was trying to say something. I'd understand what they were saying. The person, the other person wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And the con conversation kept going and this person got more and more confused. So then I would say, can I just reiterate what this person is talking about and show you and give it to them in terms that they could understand and the light bulb would just go off. And I would see that energy flare of, I get it. Now I totally understand what you're saying. And then they're on the same page. So that became like, those types of things became a game for me, like fun and, and my own amusement in a way because, it, and it was also positive and helping empowering people. Right. Yes. And um, did I answer your question? Because I, I, my brain will go down these little paths sometimes. Well, yeah. So, so the, the original question, yeah, I almost forgot too, but I remembered it. It's uh, how, how do you uh, find your own limiting beliefs? Oh, yes, your own limiting beliefs. Because when you're looking at things, I was saying that I had a lot of time in my own head, right? And I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And so I just started going down these avenues of, if we focus on what we don't want, we always get more of that. Mm -hmm. If we focus on what we want, we can create more of that. But the problem is with people, because I always kind of like, what is it that I see about other people? And then how can I apply that to myself? Right? So people, they'll, they'll constantly talk about the negative, what I don't want, what I don't want. And I used to ask people, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Instead of what you don't want, what do you want? And that was really difficult. So I started listing. I'm like, well, what do I want? Mm. So I started listing that out. What do I want? And then refining it, honing in on it. What do I really want? Because there is a, a million things that I could put on paper that, yeah, I want that. Mm -hmm. But what, what do you really want? And then... It's not even about that, but what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice right. to get that? Mm -hmm. Because there's got to be an equal energy exchange. Mm -hmm. If you're taking something on, you have to get something off of your plate or shift something. 
Makes sense. And when you start looking at those things, what comes up, right? The beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, if I, if you're a control freak, there were certain things that I was a control freak about, right? The belief that was instilled in me was if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. If you want success, you have to work harder. You have to work harder than everybody else to get there. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you can have so much fun doing what you do and be wildly successful. And that's the best part. So true. Right. And when you start listening to what's coming up, Oh my God, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. No, I don't because I don't even know how to freaking do this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know how to do this to the best, I have to teach myself how to do it and then go and do it. That's a waste of time. Yep. I can just ask somebody else to help me who knows already how to do this. And what would have taken me a week to learn, figure out and do. I can watch them do it literally in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A quote I heard from uh, from Jack Welch that he didn't trust. This is the uh, you know the old CEO GM uh, GE. Uh, he didn't trust any executive who couldn't do his job in forty hours a week. Yeah. So he so he didn't want his vice president there. You know, till ten o'clock at night and and on weekends he wanted them there. You know, in at nine, out at five. Because if they couldn't organize themselves that way and delegate, and they needed to be there doing everything themselves, then how good of a leader really were they? Yeah. And that's the whole part about being a conscious leader. When I was in chemistry, that was, I came up with a a year long program after I interviewed my people, saw what they, what they wanted, what did they see for themselves? What growth did they want? What balance did they want with their family? Like what were their goals for every part of their life? And then I structured this plan to create because our company was growing so fast and we were at this place where we basically were the hub of eight different departments. Mm. So being in that position, growing that fast, the workloads are crazy because every department wants their stuff now because of mm-hmm. the tight timelines. So how to create that, that perfect balance and growth opportunities and all these things and be efficient. That's, that was the one thing. I don't want you to go on vacation thinking, about all the work that's going to be there when you get back. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel like you can't take a day off or a personal day or family or a sick day because the, the horror that you're going to come back into. Mm -hmm. I want coverage. I want, I want you to be happy with what you're learning. I want you to learn things that you want to grow in and then, you know, be focused on those things. So that's what we did. And it was, it was super awesome. And all of the people that, that were working on my team were, um, ended up becoming like lead chemists, um, uh, associate directors, directors. Wow. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're pretty good at that. You should maybe consider doing it full time. Oh wait, you do. That's what you do. <laughs> it's, it, it's almost like some kind of magic you do like an, like an alchemy. It's like a empowerment alchemy. That'd be, that'd be a good brand for you. Empowerment. Oh yeah. Look, there it is. That is, that's your oh, brand. There it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and talking about the time and, you know, controlling this is interesting. One of the things, you know, I, as I've told a few people, I've spoken to more millionaires in the last four weeks than I have probably in my entire life. And 
and you know all these people I met at Strategic Alliance Live who've been so generous with their time and their advice and coming many of them coming on the podcast and and, and, and you know you think about that like oh they must be they must be really busy and most of them are like actually no no I'm not really busy that's that's why I have so much money <laughs> because I'm not really busy I don't you know they, they don't build their own landing page they don't write their own copy they don't they're there for what they need to be good at and everything else they farm out. So they're right. not doing their own, you know, lead generation and and cold approaches on LinkedIn and, and all that stuff. They're they're there for you know when they're in there for the Q and A. They're in there to talk to people, but they're free to have these conversations, to build the strategic alliances, to uh, and even with people who who maybe you know aren't at their level, so to speak. But there could be a connection there, and because they're open to it, they discover it. Cause you never know who you know that that guy who seems to be nobody uh, who can connect you to somebody else. And there's your next eight figure deal. You mean because... like a guy who knows a guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not saying I've created any eight figure deals yet, but you never know, you know, who they're going to be. And, and, and I was explaining this to someone, actually, I, I had the, uh, uh, high school senior that I was talking to. And of course, you know, in school, they teach you nothing out of business and whatever they teach you is wrong. And I was talking to him about, about why, you know, people are willing to connect and, and the value. Uh, and I mentioned the idea that if you're going on meeting a whole bunch of people, you know, if you're reaching out to people in the industry you want to get to know, then you have value because now you're connected with all these people. And the person you talked to last week could be the person that the one you're talking to now wants to meet. And here yeah. you are, you know, 17-year-old kid, you can make the introduction because you know them both. You don't have to know anything else other than who you talked to last week. And you've still got something powerful you know, powerful to bring to the table. And, and I told you, if you talk to a business owner, cause most of the business owners we run into are, are tired and cranky and broke and exhausted. And that's why there's so many coaches because they, they need us. Um, and if you run into somebody like that, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm super successful. It's just, you know, the damn state takes all the money in taxes and my ex takes all the money in alimony and, and then these gas prices are ruining everything. And like, you're not successful. Because successful people aren't worried about taxes and aren't worried about about um, gas prices and probably aren't paying alimony because they didn't drive their spouse away. And <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, success, really successful people aren't aren't high strung because you're not successful if you're miserable and, and angry all the time. Mm, absolutely, absolutely, and that's that is huge because it's. What do you measure your success? Mm-hmm. Right? How do you measure that? Yep. Is it money? Is it money if you have a lot of it and you're miserable? Uh huh. Or alone? Or just, you know, hiding from everybody? Or mm-hmm. paranoid that everybody's out to get you? Yep. Is that successful? No. <laughs> yeah, you, you might How well happy be. are you with your life? How, yep. how grateful are you? And, you know, how, how do you feel about yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a huge thing. I, I definitely, I've reached the point where I realize I'm more successful than a lot of people who have employees and trucks and buildings and whatnot, because I found a lifestyle I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Mm. And even if you know, I'm not, I'm not making my full revenues off of my business yet. Uh, I met yeah. that kid when I was driving Uber, but I'm comfortable. I, I enjoy it because by the end of that conversation, I, I drove him to New York. So it was a two, two and a half hour drive. And by the end of the conversation, he's like, this has been a literally a life-changing conversation. And if I hadn't been driving Uber, I wouldn't have met him. 
wouldn't have that conversation. And so I appreciate having those opportunities and the opportunity to help people as a coach and hopefully through the podcast, people are learning things and through my books. And, and I decided some time ago, if I can help people and never make money at it and always have to be a DoorDash driver, Uber driver, whatever, and can pay my bills, but I can give back, I will call that a win. I'm comfortable with that. Now, I would rather make more money and be able to, you know, do the things money can do. But if I can't, I'd still, you know, it's a it's a lower stage victory uh, as opposed to, oh, I failed to be successful in my business. And I think that's that level of perspective is really important uh, to recognize those wins. Absolutely. I mean, everything that you just said had so much stuff in there. I mean, number one, you talked about that seemingly negative thing that happened, COVID. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then, you know, you becoming an Uber driver, meeting this person and and then domino effect, right? Mm-hmm. Seemingly negative thing. Oh, I'm going to go drive for Uber now. So, okay, uh, doing that. I should also mention I met him because his car, he was driving out to Rhode Island. His car broke down. He sprang oh, a leak, all the coolant spilled out. And he actually said, he's like, if my car hadn't broken down, I never would have met you. Yeah, see? And it's all like part of whatever plan, I guess. Mm-hmm. But all these things, they unfold. And then... What else did you say in there? You were talking about, um, you know, making the money. Mm-hmm. Not You haven't gotten where you really want to be yet, but that can happen. And and it all starts with that mindset. You have to have a success mindset in right. order to be successful. So it doesn't matter what stage that you are. You having that successful mindset mm-hmm. is going to drive you there. Right. Because, and, and it's funny because that happened to me um actually today i connected with somebody from sa the the strategic alliance and we had like been in and weaving in and out of uh breakouts together and we found that there was this huge synergy there and even his his connections the people that he works with he will only work with people with with a certain mindset Mm-hmm. right because in order for you to launch into the next phase of whatever it is that you're doing it if you know whether somebody is fronting money for for your business so you can go forward well how do you gauge what happens next how do you gauge mm-hmm. who to give money to right so there's that uh, a coach who works on a very specific piece. Maybe there, maybe it's finance, maybe it's, um, you know, relationships. If you don't have a certain mindset, growth mindset to be able to accept the things that you would have to change in order to get there, mm-hmm. lowering the resistance helps a coach get their client where they, where they need to be. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people kick people over to me saying, hey, I think you need a session with Nicole (laughs) and then eradicate this thing because then it quickly triggers into the successful mindset. I can do that now where I couldn't because my my desire to get there, my willingness, the willingness to do what it takes wasn't greater than the resistance. Mm. You, yeah. So again, you can want it, but if you're not willing to make changes and if that resistance is so great, like that's why in my formula, it's, you know, your desire and your pain, 
right? Mm -hmm. Combined, whatever discomfort that you're having, that's going to launch you into that motivation mode. Having that motivation, it increases that energy, right? The energy that you have to make it happen. And then what time frame do you have? What's a feasible time frame for you to achieve that? Mm -hmm. Well, if your resistance is so great that it's going to squash all of that, or maybe you get there for a certain period of time, but over time that resistance is hammering down and your energy and the time, the change in energy over the change in time is mm -hmm. diminishing and the resistance is taking over. That's why people don't accomplish. So if we increase the other things, decrease the resistance, your total transformation is going to be amazing. That makes all sense. So, so I, I see, here's your thoughts on on something. So, um, because you know, so I've I've had you know limiting beliefs about making money directly through sales. Like, make a sale, get the money. I've had a bunch of sales jobs. I've been you know okay, successful, but um, and and I was working with one of my one of my coaches, and and you know around that obvious limiting belief because I know I can help people because they tell me so, uh, but, you know, trying to get the money doesn't work. And, and so the, the thought that I had was, well, I don't want to stop helping people as I spend five years or however long it is figuring out how to overcome this. So I'll go around it. Um, because the thing he said, you know, cause around, like I, I felt I couldn't make a sale and get the money. And he says, well, you know, first thing I have to understand is that is that everything's going to work out. Um, cause that's kind of secondary, you know, first you have to make the money and that makes everything work out. And I realized I totally believe everything's going to work out because it does. And I can't tell you how. It's kind of the Wiley Coyote thing. I run off the cliff and as long as I don't look down, I'm fine. Uh, but, you know, somehow it works out. The money comes from somewhere, some side gig, some something. And it suddenly occurred to me, what if I just stopped worrying about getting the money, focus on everything's going to work out and focus on helping people and just let it happen. And that's pretty much what I've been doing lately. And it's... Uh, I haven't got an angry letter from the bank saying the mortgage is overdue yet. So it seems to be working. That's awesome that you're, you're shifting into that space. You've shifted into that space of, um, surrender. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge part of it is being able to surrender into, you know, what you can't control, letting it all go. Right. Yep. Right. Because nothing has to be controlled. Mm -hmm. You just have to be. And when you're present, you are creating. So you're in that space of being present, creating, and allowing the flow of the abundance to come in whatever way it's meant to come in. Mm. So sometimes we say, oh, I have to do this. I have to get this sale. And there's nothing transactional about a business that you're building as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Your yeah, business so. should never be looked at as a transactional business. Tell me somebody who's successful in transactional only mm -hmm. business yeah. and, and successful, uh, not just in money, but in balance yeah. for themselves because they're not, it's constantly chasing the dragon. That's it. Yep. Transaction is next, next, next. And they are always starting over again. Mm -hmm. ah! <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Right? I said the car business, hero to zero. <laughs> All the time. And that's stressful. That's so super stressful. Good God. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I well, I've seen. You know, I was also um, when I left chemistry, I ended up as a financial advisor for a handful of years, mm-hmm. and I watched some of these advisors just be in this space of this is what I've always done. This is what I do. This is what I'll continue to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa, because that is just, how do you grow? Yeah. And, you know, I, I was a, a big observer of all kinds of people in the industry and, you know, just seeing who's successful, who's not, and, and who's happy and who's not because success isn't just about the money, but looking at how, the money it's looking at the people that were like really relying on transactional business. That's crazy to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Because they're always in that. Got to get more. Got to get more. Got to get more. Where's the next? Where's the next? And, and then the customer is like the enemy or the opponent. Uh, instead of your... You can't just like sit down and just live and be like, yeah, life is good. Mm-hmm. What, what's next? What's next? What's next? And you know, the, all, all the experiences that I've had in, you know, my careers and working with people, it's, it's really phenomenal how differently some people think because their limiting belief has such that hold on them. And it's not just a, a hold in the mind. It's an even bigger hold in the emotions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like it hooks right into that heart and, you know, not being able to let go. So having that ability to surrender like you did, Michael, huge. And the rest will come because now you're in that space of Mm -hmm. expansion. Once you've realized that the universe always provides, you now can then say, okay, your next question. Here's, here's, it's coming through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you trust yourself? Do you trust your abilities? to move forward. Yeah, as long as it's not about making sales. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do something about that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I honestly, but no, I honestly believe it. I, and I've had a couple of times when I, when I, when I believe, you know, God gave me a certain gift and I meant to use it. Um, I started my earlier podcast and the first episode is, I think things aren't going right for me because I'm supposed to be speaking and I'm not speaking. I was, it wasn't podcasting. It wasn't speaking. It wasn't anything. And I had the gift of doing it and I wasn't using it. And I, I kind of get the sense that, that when you're, when you're off track, God kind of gives you a little smack um, until you get back on track again and, you know, repeatedly harder smacks until you get back on the path. So if you're meant to be speaking and you're not speaking, everything you try is going to not work for some reason. And I, I think that, you know, this is one of those moments where, um, where I realized that, that I'm here to help people with my coaching. And I think the people I meant to help, a lot of them, can't necessarily afford a coach. And so, you know, finding ways to help them. Um, and part of it's been sort of be accepting uh, working with people who, um, you know, they still pay, but they pay something that's just significant to them, but not what um, higher ticket coaches would consider appropriate for coaching services, shall we say. Um, but, you know, being more flexible and saying, well, they need that and they're going to grow. I'm going to help them build their business, help them get somewhere, and it'll come back. Either they're going to pay me, they'll refer me to someone, I'll learn something that can become a program, you know, find value other than money so I can actually, because I, yeah, it was terrible when I had to turn people away. I'm like, I know I can help you. I know you need me. I know without a coach, you're never going to get anywhere, or, you know, you'll figure it out in five or 10 years, but you need, you know, I can see what you need to do, but 
I've been taught you need to hold the line on prices because that's how you value yourself. And I was feeling awful because I'm turning people away. I'm like, I have a gift. I could just give it to you. I'm choosing not to because of a business dogma. And finally, I, it's the most freeing experience in the world to be like, wait, I'm going to not do that anymore. I'm going to take care of people and we'll figure out the money. Don't worry about the money. Take care of the people. And that's been my, my like so much of my stress has evaporated when I made that decision. It was amazing. See, isn't that's so freeing too, because when I left uh, the financial industry and just, I, I decided that, you know, I, I went through divorce. I went through like all kinds of things were happening all at once, uh, once again in my life. Mm -hmm. And so there was a bigger shift because I had been building my business and bringing it to a point where it was again, another pivotal, pivotal moment of decision-making. What are you going to do now, Nicole? Here, I'm shaking things up. It's time to make a decision, a big one. Yep. And I decided that I didn't want to focus on somebody else's business. I wanted to focus on mine. And what I did was shift into that space of, okay, what's my exit plan? And I did that. I figured that out. Once I figured that out and talked to my ranch manager and and started the, the process, I left. It was February 7th. I had like 30 something gigs booked, speaking engagements and events for the entire year. Wow. And then COVID hit and canceled everything within two weeks. (laughs) And um, so I sat down and I was like, okay, here we are. But when I had made that decision, there was no fear, Mm -hmm. none at all. I, for a little while, I didn't realize it. And then one day I was paying bills and I was like, wow, you know, I'm not getting angry because I used to get angry paying my bills. Mm -hmm. Just like, ah, you know, here we go. And then and especially after all this stuff happened and then literally I took on so much of the debts in the divorce and I was starting from ground zero again. Mm -hmm. So it was like, all right, let me just let me just pivot. And the thing that I was going to roll out, that was a three day Uh, intensive turned into a Kickstarter (laughs) kick-ass mastermind to propel people in the direction that they want to go and really like get them organized, get them in that space of, of catapulting. And, but when I sat there and I realized, Oh my God, there's like no fear whatsoever (laughs) in this. And yet I have no idea what's going to happen now. So, so when you were first launching that, how, how did you, how did you draw all the people to you? Um, well, I, I definitely rely heavily on my intuitive nature because I was like, how do I turn this into something that's first I had to organize myself. I, I just okay. kind of said, I'm going to take some time for me and figure out again, go through my little thing of, what do I want? I went through my process. What do I do? Because mm-hmm. everybody was telling me, you need to be out there doing this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, if, I, if I'm if i not present here, I can't help anybody else. So mm-hmm. I have to figure out what I need. So I did that. 
got myself into the space, reorganized the whole house because I had moved and then had all these speaking gigs that I went on this mini tour and then never really settled in with the kids. And getting into that space, I was just like, okay, this is what I need to do, getting it out there. And then I just, I just did me. I went out there and talked about it. Like you said, if you're talking about things, people will know. If you're holding it back, if you're holding it in, nobody's going to know about it. So I just talked about what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm super excited about it. Hmm. Simple, but effective. Yeah. And that was it. The people that were interested, I just projected out there. Those that are interested, show yourselves to me. Hmm. Because whoever I can help and impact in a great way, I want to sit down and see, is this right for you? And we go from there. That's it. And I think and the I power there is take, taking the time to get the clarity so that your message yes. was clear. Um, I kind of thinking, have I taken the time to get clarity? Definitely not. Uh, which, which that's the best. You know, no clear message. You put something out, but it's not clear. And people are like, I, are, are you, am I, are you the, am I, I don't know. Um, whereas if you have a clear <laughs> message, yeah, uh, I think that's, that that's a, a huge part of it. Um, and uh, I know we're, we're coming to the, the end of the time because you know once we click over an hour then people say that podcast too long i won't listen to it um <clears throat> so we're coming to the end of the hour uh, minute number 48 of our 30 minute podcast i don't Oops. think this is gonna be a 30 minute format i'm really this being the fourth interview i've done i don't think this is gonna be a 30 minute format people are just too interesting that they bring on it um but i want to talk a little bit about the the intuitives i've known a few uh intuitives um uh, one of whom i'm uh, actually working with and and when what they what i often hear is I know I have this gift, but I'm not sure who I can share it with. And I'm a little embarrassed and my family judges me. And, um, and, you know, basically having a lot of those, you know, enforced limiting beliefs that others have put on them. Um, but, but, you know, they, one I know is, is actually fairly successful in a business as an intuitive. Uh, but another one is, hasn't really started because of that kind of fear. What would you say to someone who, who is, is an intuitive and thinks that there is a business in it, but is afraid of what people will say. Oh, well, I can definitely talk to that for a long time, but I'll try to wrap it up in a couple <laughs> minutes because I also have to do a live training. Hey, so I would say I've been there because my intuition was also stifled at one point because uh, I grew up in a very strict household that uh, didn't view things the same way. Mm. And um, when I came into this space of recognizing that my life was mine to live and that I have a choice in how I live it and everybody else has that same choice. Everybody else has their life to live. When I came to that realization and accepted it, so we can acknowledge it. But mm -hmm. when we actually accept it as real and true for ourselves, that it's okay for us to be ourselves. It doesn't matter what family thinks of us or anybody else. If we are living in our truth, our passion and our purpose, we will always attract a tribe of those same like-minded people. Your family is still going to love you, even if they don't agree and why align yourself with people that are not in alignment with who you truly are mm. by being someone else? Powerful. And I mean, I have tons of examples of that in my own life. 
And I, I just say, if he, if you want to hear any of them, watch any of any of these podcasts, any of my other podcasts, catch me on any of my things that I'm talking about, because there's so many different instances. And I say, focus on you mm-hmm. and just be you because you'll, you'll be awesome yeah. and amazing. Yeah. That's, that's very powerful. And I think also realizing the world's a big place. I think, it is. I think for some, some people there, you know, if they're in a limited, whether it's, it's a high school environment or live in a city and it's their, their neighborhood or whatever, they forget there's 7 billion other people. So if you're to walk away from this whole community you're in, which is terrifying, there's entire other communities you can find that are not only accept you, but are waiting for you. Absolutely. For you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. I think that's a, that's a great place to, to wrap up. Um, and now, so, so you have, have some programs that some of our listeners may be interested in, um, which in post-production, we're going to add links into the, uh, <laughs> we're going to add links into the, the show notes. And uh, if you go to guy who knows the guy.com slash podcast is where all the show notes are for all the episodes. Um, but tell us a little about what, you know, if somebody were to work with you, um, what they, what you might do with them. Well, um, if you think that you might want to work with me, you don't have to make a decision right away. What we do is we set up a call. If it's just something that I'm thinking about this, this, or this, uh, we can set up a quick call and I can help direct you to um, then start to figure out what it is that might be work best for you. But if there's something that you want to explore, I usually will do a little bit more in depth. You know, you want to work with me. Mm -hmm. I'll do a discovery call and mind mapping session with you. And, you know, so that I can understand where you're at and see if you're a good fit for my program um, or programs, whichever one, then, then I would say, this is where you're at and where you want to go. And these are the pieces that I would work on with you to start. So I, I would show you kind of that, that here's where we would begin and these are the avenues that we can take to get there. So it all depends on what your situation is, what your goals are, what's your timeline. Do you mm-hmm. want to do something quick? Do you want something that is going to be supportive over a period of time because you want to create a huge shift over a period of time? We can do that. It all is up to where you're at and where you want to be and then what you're willing to do to get there. <laughs> mm, that's the key step. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And so, so you know, links to the show notes to, to connect with, with Nicole. Well, Nicole, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been great. It's been very um, educational for me and hopefully the audience. I can't speak for the audience. They're not here yet, but I can <laughs> speak for me. And it's been, it's been really uh, um, illuminating and validating to, to talk to you and hear your stories and get your feedback. So thank you so thank much you, for being on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths again in, uh, in the Envision Thrive Academy and in at uh, Success, um, uh, not Success, that's, that's mine. Uh, it's a strategic, uh, <laughs> strategic Success Accelerator uh, is mine. A strategic <laughs> Alliance Live uh, when the next one of those comes around as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's and all right. I, I, I just got a Mercury test. Um, <laughs> See, I figured it was late enough you could laugh at it. Um. (laughs) I certainly can. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. Totally wonderful experience. I'm honored that you asked me to be on your show. And I look forward to watching more of your success unfold. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. 
Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.